So we've been saying when we launched uh, the Type R in 2016 that it's the forbidden fruit. It's the first go-to tuner vehicle. And it's been like that for generations. And I look forward to it being even stronger as time progresses. And I started buying parts for a, a car or a Civic that I didn't have. My friends thought I was crazy. They're like, you don't even have a car. You don't even have a license. This is Honda Stories, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes to hear about some of the most exciting things Honda has been a part of over the last 60 years. So join me, Bradley Hasemeyer, and let's hear about the stories behind the Honda badge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show and welcome to the passenger seat of my 2018 Honda CRV. This, as you know, is where we record each of the podcasts. And today I've got the seat heater on because it is freezing out there. Now, just based on the opening, you probably guessed it. Today, we're hearing Honda stories all about the Civic. You might say this is our Civic duty. (laughs) Sorry, it's dad jokes all the time for me. Now, you might just think, oh, the Civic, that's just another one of Honda's cars. But truly, it is one of the few cars in all of automotive history to have had such a major influence on the auto industry and car culture as a whole. And of course, the 11th generation Civic will be rolling out this spring, which has a lot of fans very excited. Now, the Civic is one of those cars that, you know, you see it everywhere, right? In fact, I'm sure you know someone who even has a Civic, and for good reason. It's reliable, it's stylish, it's fun to drive, but as I found out in this episode, there's a whole lot more to it than that. So today, we're going to chat with import tuner legend RJ DeVera about how his experience and passion for the Civic led to Hollywood turning to him to consult on a major movie franchise that has to do with fast cars, if you catch my drift. And we'll chat with entrepreneur and civic enthusiast Busy Ezerioha, who talks about how the Civic has literally changed his life. And then he gives us a hilarious off-the-cuff dating profile for the Civic. But first, we want to start at the beginning and understand what all this Civic hype is about. And the best person for us to talk to is Honda product planning manager Jimmy Jenkins, who essentially helps bring new Honda automobiles to the market. Jimmy, thanks so much for being with us to talk about the Civic. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Civic in general. Obviously, this vehicle has been a major card uh, in the hand of Honda for a long time. The history of it strikes me as really interesting. Why the Civic became so popular and why it's still such a hot car today. Can you talk about that? Civic is just overall a been a tremendous success for Honda it's obviously we're on our 11th generation now. So this car is, you know, 45 years old, but still today, I mean, the car just brings in so much excitement, so much youth to the brand overall. It started as a small car in the seventies and it really took kind of a strategic approach into the market. It was when the seventies cars were big, they were heavy and they were getting about 10 to 12 miles per gallon. Here comes out the Honda Civic, you know, 40 mile per gallon, gas prices spike and then all of a sudden those big heavy metal products going down the road well those customers were looking oh well what's that over there what's that over there oh it's a honda civic oh it's new it gets you know 40 mile per gallon it's funny because here we are 45 years later give or take and in honda a lot of that still holds true today quality is basically second to none and we focus so much on making the best fuel economy we can. So our overall, like the, the heart of the company, 
from 45 years ago still is in the vehicle that you see today. Now, something else that's been interesting about the Civic too is like the Honda Civic was like always the tuner car, always the car that people could work with, could get their hands on. And I love that approachability to it, right? It was kind of like the car for the enthusiast. You can't afford uh, a, a traditional race car, but you could take this Civic and with some minor tweaks, do it yourself and really turn this car into something even beyond what it was what it was before. Talk about that as far as the culture at Honda, because you've retained that element to the Civic, I believe. Yeah, totally. Well, there's a reason why consumers did that in the past is because the engine was so reliable. You couldn't hurt it, right? Change the oil and it would run forever. <laughs> so in the Civic lineup, I'm talking about the future. We have sedan, uh, we have hatchback, uh, and we have SI variants, which are performance variants, and we have the ultimate pinnacle performance in, in the Civic Type R. So the sedan, you know, more or less, you're, that's about 70% of our sales overall. And then, so we have we offer the SI and the Type R, which are 100% manual. Uh, so no automatic in those. So we really wanted to, you know, pump in some of that fun to drive. Again, there are people that out there, there are customers out there that just love to drive, right? And, you know, nothing kind of defines that better than a Civic, right? You could have uh, your standard transportation with all the amenities that you want, all the way up to the pinnacle car, which you could see at the track or, you know, zipping around some canyon roads on a weekend. Now, let's talk about the Type R. This is, like you said, the pinnacle of really of a lot of vehicles, but especially within the Civic lineup. It wasn't always in America. What originally kind of brought that here and and talk about the success of it since its return? So we've been saying when we launched uh, the Type R in 2016 that it's the forbidden fruit uh, the Type R goes back to the 90s. Uh, it's the performance R uh, stands for racing. It's it's our halo. The Civic Type R, the current generation that we have here, has been nothing but successful. Uh, it is the pinnacle performance. We don't hold anything back. You want a two-liter turbocharged 306 horsepower engine? We cram that thing in the hood. You know, strengthen up all of the suspension. We put some 20-inch wheels on it. Gives it that all those aero parts on there that you see on the Civic Type R, those are all functional, right? They are on there for a reason. It's not just to look good, but ultimately I think it looks good as well. It's funny when I'm in a Type R and I'm driving down the road, I get so many thumbs up or, you know, people giving me the, you know, the peace sign out the window. But guess what? Half of them, they're not even in Hondas. They're in other makes that just happen to be, you know, the car totally has street cred and respect when going down the road. So. So you guys just launched something, uh, the Civic, this the 2022 prototype. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we're totally excited. Uh, we launched this car in a prototype fashion via Twitch, uh, as you may have seen it. Uh, this is actually our 11th generation of Civics to be in the market here in the U.S. market. We're real excited about it. Even after 40 plus years, the Civic still uh, generates a ton of youthful, fun, sporty, overall excitement to the Honda brand. The Civic always in the past has kind of been the entry level, entry gateway into the Honda brand. But now it's kind of a grown up Civic, right? It's still sporty. It's still youthful. But as we were to, let's say we're walking around the car right now, uh, footprint wise, it's nearly identical 
you know, height, length, width, what have you from the outgoing model. But the overall styling cues really make the car look low, wide, again, real sporty, fun to drive, get behind the wheel. It's kind of what it makes you want to hit some curves and go out for a, an afternoon drive just because it's fun. Is there anything that sticks out to you design-wise, either on the interior or the exterior, that, that you really feel like this is, at least for you, something that you really love about it? Well, of course, when you look at the car from the exterior point of view, it's beautiful, right? Again, I mentioned earlier, every angle you look at it, it's like, wow, I like that. I like the front view. I like the back view. I like the side view. What I think is my favorite attribute of the car, and I'm going to have to stop myself short a little bit on this one, is the interior. We have a lot more information on the interior to come. But when you sit in the vehicle, it just really gives you like, I'm the driver. I'm sitting in the cockpit of a, you know, a fun car that I could go drive. The interior is just next level. It, I'm real excited to, to share that next year with everybody. So, Jimmy, as you know, this is Honda Stories. Do you have any Civic stories that pertain to us? Actually, I do. So occasionally I get some fan mail and... <laughs> Some of the letters that I enjoy reading the most are when customers bought their Civic, let's just say 25 years ago, they drove it 200,000 miles. They then give it to their son or daughter for college. That son or daughter takes it to college, drives it another four years, drives it to you know three or four years post-college. They pass it on to another family member and it just keeps going down the line. And then they'll send me a picture of the odometer and it'll be something crazy. 475,000 miles. Wow. Yep. And basically they don't spend anything, just normal, normal wear and tear maintenance. Those are the letters that I like want to hang up, you know, totally <laughs> and just share. And, and I pass it around the office and I share it to the engineers and stuff. So when you buy a Honda, that's your, you always say cars aren't an investment, but I don't think that's the case. I think a Civic is an investment. And I would have to agree with Jimmy on that one. I mean, I've heard of Hondas getting a million miles on them, so that definitely means it's a great investment. And it also means a lot of road trip snacks. I could also just be because I'm really hungry right now. So, okay, that gives us a good understanding of the history of the Civic and really a great place to jump off into kind of how it's become a leading influencer in the world of car culture. So for that, we turn to RJ Devera. He's a car journalist and a Civic enthusiast who was, get this, purchasing car parts for a Civic at the age of 14. So obviously before he could even drive, before he even had the vehicle, he was like, I'm going to buy those parts. So clearly this guy loves Civics. He takes us deeper into how the Civic has influenced not only car culture, but his own life and career. So I actually have a very um, vivid memory of the first time I saw a modified Civic. So my older brother's friends, they had friends that were modifying Hondas of all types. I think I was in a prelude when I when I saw their friend who was part of their car club who had an 89 a Civic Si, I think that's EF generation, and it was a uh, that teal green. I, I think the color was called Tahiti green. It was lowered, had SSR super fins, and right at that moment, I was like, "I want to fix that Honda Civic," you know. And that was kind of the plan. I was 14 years old. Um, I ended up getting a job and making some money at a copy service place. We we copied medical records for insurance companies, and I started to buy parts out of what was then Craigslist, which was called the Recycler. It was a newspaper thing, and I started buying parts for a, a car or a Civic that I didn't have at 14 years old. Yeah, 14 and a half, roughly. 
my friends thought I was crazy. They're like, you don't even have a car. You don't even have a license. I was saving up to actually try to buy an EF Civic. But for my 16th birthday, my brother's car was really kind of going on the outs and he was becoming a DJ. And so my mom gave him her wagon. And then we ended up getting an Integra instead of a Civic that I drove around for, you know, the first couple, four or five years of my life, you know, been through lots of different Civics, uh, both with with Honda themselves and then personally um, on my end as well. So it's it's definitely been a big part of my my car life story, let's call it. Okay, you're a kid, you get the Integra, now you're kind of moving through. How do you transition into this world of being a go-to for Hollywood coming to you to talk about vehicles to Super Street Magazine from an enthusiast to a profession? How did you make that jump? The jump came kind of hard work and, and luck at the same time, more luck probably at that time. So I was just such a big proponent of this movement of um, young Asian Americans modifying what we call their JDM rides. It wasn't even a you know that term JDM, Japanese domestic market, didn't really come about till after. But basically, there were a bunch of young kids modifying and customizing their Hondas in the way they saw in these Japanese magazines, automotive aftermarket magazines. One in particular was called Option Magazine. So I was a big proponent of that, you know, getting parts from Japan, adding it to your car, and then also attending import drag racing events at Los Angeles County Raceway, uh, this place called Terminal Island, which was in Long Beach. It was an eighth mile drag strip that you could go kind of a Friday night drags and also these import car shows. And so I was such a, a big proponent, had my car club always entering that I got to meet some people initially with Super Street that started the magazine. I kind of told them about like, hey, if you're going to do a magazine about imports, you have to feature all of these young people that are modifying their imports and their Hondas in this style. Because at that time, none of the magazines really covered that style of tuning yet. And then from there, I would just bug the editor, Matt Pearson, who ended up working for Honda, actually. I would go to his office like, and just kind of bug him like, oh, you should really feature this car and what's your next cover. And I would just give him a lot of grief about like what he was putting in the magazine. And I was like a, this 19-year-old kid, you know. But um, he gave me a job as an editor, and that's how I paid my way through college. At the same time, Peterson Publishing had an import drag racing series where, where I became uh, the car show manager because I had a car show portion, and I would judge the car shows throughout the country. Well, oddly enough, Universal Studios called my boss at the time, Craig Lieberman, to be a consultant on this uh, film, this this film about fast cars, and then kind of asked them, like, do you know anyone else that kind of grew up in this world that we could have as a consultant for the film? And, and that's how I kind of got the call from Hollywood. A lot of people, when they think Honda Civic, they think, you know, okay, this is a practical vehicle that is affordable, and I can kind of have it in my driveway, and this is great. But I think really from the enthusiast side is just as excited, the tuner side is just as excited about how did the Civic rise to such level of just people being so excited about it and wanting to, to modify it so frequently? I think when you're growing up and, and you're into cars, the natural inclination, especially in the 90s, is like you're going to want some sort of American muscle car, an IROC Camaro, a Mustang. But for Asian American parents, they're like, no, 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 we're going to get you a Civic. And so we broke a lot of things. And there was, you know, a, couple, a generation or so before me that started doing these things that got me to fall in love with like, 
oh, if I'm going to modify a car, I'm not going to do it on an American muscle car. I'm going to do it on a Honda, right? Or an Acura, or a Civic or a CRX or an Integra. And so there was people before me that kind of pioneered that. And I just kind of joined in, right? Because Hondas in particular were so well engineered, they kind of woke a lot of people up. But for us, we had already been building towards that. And we were already building this culture around customization and modification of this style of car. The, the Civic itself and, and quite a few of the Honda platform vehicles, Prelude, CRX, Integra, was really the impetus for, for a culture to get behind. Being Asian American was, you know, growing at that up at that time, it was pretty natural that you were, if you were into cars, you were modifying predominantly a Honda Civic or a CRX. And so it was kind of part of this cultural movement that you were part of. So we're like popularity of modifying import vehicles and, and Honda Civics just started to kind of escalate with, with things like Super Street Magazine, right? And, and pretty soon I was traveling the country to different car show events where there was a multicultural following that just wanted to be part of this movement that kind of started in, in Southern California with kind of Asian American young people that now became much more than that. And so the Civic, and, and I remember Honda did a campaign called Civic Nation, where it became kind of the icon for all types of people that just wanted to be part of this movement. So it wasn't an Asian American movement at that point anymore. It was just a cultural movement around the passion for cars and the love for um, Japanese cars, uh, in particular, uh, the Honda Civic, among others. Can you talk a little bit about the Type R? This is such a halo vehicle, and of course, it, it was the forbidden fruit for so long. How has the tuner community and, and even just your own personal take on having that stateside? Yeah, the Type R has always been a holy grail, even from back in the 90s. And uh, so it was a really big deal for a lot of guys like me that grew up in the 90s to finally see a, like a stateside a Civic Type R that you could buy in the U.S. You know, for a long time, a lot of us imported Civic Type R parts from Japan uh. Uh, <laughs> to kind of make our, you know, our U.S. one like the Japan, yeah. the JDM version, but you could never get it. So I think, you know, fans of it, you, you see it everywhere. You know, people that buy the Type R are kind of young and old. There's people that have that memory and that history of what it was to them and they couldn't get it to, you know, people of today, young people of today that, you know, it, it is the performance kind of echelon of, of the Civic. So there, there is a lot of draw and let's call it a little bit of hype, but uh, for good reason. So not so long ago, Honda unveiled the all new Civic. You had a chance to look at this. What are your thoughts? I've only seen it online. I always get excited when a new generation Civic comes to market. To me, it's always interesting to see that first one, to see what design cues are kind of kind of incorporate from prototype to production. And then, of course, what's the evolution of that? So it'll be interesting to see one in person. Do you think there's ever a future for a teal Honda Civic again? Is that something that uh, for fanboys like yourself out there can make your dreams come true? You know, it'd be pretty interesting to see if they launched Tahiti Green again, <laughs> if, if that would take, because I haven't seen Tahiti Green on, on any Honda or Acura platform in a really long time. I love that some random person's Tahiti Green Civic made such an impression on RJ, it altered his life. Now, someone else out there whose life has literally been changed by the Civic is Busy as a Rioja, or as many people know him, Busy Moto. He is a builder slash tuner who has created a brand and a cultural movement thanks to the engineering and technology of the Civic. 
And if you haven't checked out his YouTube or his Instagram yet, you absolutely must. It shows off the incredible work and the imagination that Busy has. And his civic story began as a student looking for a car that was reliable and economical, but also fit his natural knack for engineering and modifications. My name is BC Ezerioja. I'm the owner and founder of BC Mon Engineering here in Ontario, California. And we are a bit crazy over here. We take cars that are somewhat exciting and make them absolutely spectacular. Busy, can you describe a little bit that level of fandom that there is for Honda and specifically the Civic within the import tuning community? Within the import tuning community, and you may think I'm bananas, but this is true. The Civic fan base is like a religion. Scary, but true. People are really diehard Civic fans. They are all about the community. They're all about modifications and being able to push the envelope. Because the car is so reliable and you have this opportunity to combine different components and make them your own, it, it, it really gives an opportunity for you to have this huge Civic meet and then have the same generation of Civics, but they're all different, but all very appealing. It's the first go-to tuner vehicle. And it's been like that for generations. And I look forward to it being even stronger as time progresses. And whether you're looking at the Sport, the SI, or even the Type R, they all have their marks. They all have their very strong following. And they're all extremely customizable. Obviously, Busy Moto is, is more than just a brand. It's a cultural movement. I mean, there, there's so many fans and followers on, on social media. And for good reason, the work that you guys do is fantastic. So tell me how you got to become Busy Moto. I came to the United States in my teens to study engineering and always loved cars. And as I was overseas, I, I had this affinity for two-door, sport compact, kind of, you know, nice looking vehicles. For a student, you want something reliable. The CRX was sporty. It was economical. It was reliable. It looked really sexy. And I said, you know what? That's the car for me as a student. That's the car I need to get. So in my infinite wisdom, I opted for um, the Honda CRX HF, the high fuel efficiency model, because as a student, I need to be miserly with my fuel and my resources. I worked at a circuit city when I was in school, and it was okay for me, but didn't quite allow me to um, pay the bills properly. It wasn't very lucrative. And I had this knack of being able to try and modify my car. And that began my crazy journey into mad modifications to my car. I met a gentleman by the name of John Conciaudi, founder of AEM. He became my mentor and showed me the ropes. I started learning and experimenting quite a bit. Before I knew it, not only was my car very fast on the track, I got into the very dark world of street racing. Long story short, um, people loved my vehicles and how fast I was and how my cars were very reliable. And they said, yeah, BC and his motors, BC motor, BC motor. And that's how I started, that, that nickname. How does the Civic play into what you do? And it's such an icon to some degree in the tuner community. Why is that? And what are some crazy builds you've seen? <laughs> well, the Civic as a whole is a vehicle that is absolutely beautiful. It has the, for me, it has that, that nice balance between, forgive me, please, luxury and sportiness, which I really like. And when it comes to crazy builds, it's just a nice sporty vehicle with a 1.5 liter uh, turbocharged engine, 
above and beyond that, you have the Civic Type R, where a lot of my clients who own Porsches also own Type R's, which is pretty crazy as well. So the fact that Honda allows us this strong foundation of engineering and technology not only has allowed me to become a better engineer and a better tuner, it's allowed me the opportunity, the unique opportunity, to use some of those parts in some of my exotic builds, believe it or not. You had mentioned a lot of people bringing in their civics. What are some of the things that they ask you to do? Is it just like blowing it out of the water or is it like, I want something simple like a chip or what's, what do they do? The most common intake, downpipe, exhaust. And then for those who like to live on the edge a little bit, which are quite a few of my clients, they'll go for a flash tune. Now, one of the things I'm hearing you say is kind of essentially how easy it is to work with these cars. How much have you seen changed in the tuner community from your early days having to make your own parts to now where, like you mentioned before, people can buy parts from you, they can find them online? How has that changed? It has vastly changed. Earlier in the day, when we had to create our own components, our own parts, you can imagine the type of catastrophic failures we experienced. <laughs> yeah, sure. So nowadays, you have so many great companies that create components. And, you know, you have PRL, you have Dream, you have all these companies that vet and validate products before they come to market. So it's much easier for the client. It's much easier now to be an enthusiast, easier and enjoyable and much more reliable, which the Civic has paved the way for that. You're a funny guy who's good on your feet. So I'm going to ask you to create a dating profile for the Honda Civic. <laughs> so how would you, if you're the Honda Civic, how would you describe yourself to other vehicles who would like to date you? Let's see. Sleek, powerful, muscular, knows how to handle myself in different situations, very efficient, very likable, <laughs> but also can hold my own if things get down and dirty. Oh, I'm swiping. Yes. I'm swiping on that profile. There it is. <laughs> I love that Busy was able to just come up with that profile on the fly. And I thought it was so accurate, too. That's what was so great about it. Well, there you go, guys. Civic Nation clearly has taken the world by storm. And now, once you've heard a little bit more about the history and the importance of it to the tuner community, and of course, the excitement around this 11th generation Civic, You'll never look at a Honda Civic the same way again. So thanks for going behind the badge with us today. And like always, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. we got a lot more coming your way, so make sure you subscribe. And if you have your own Honda story that we need to know about, tag us on social using hashtag Honda Stories, and you could be on the show. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Have a great week, and we'll see you on the road.